Welcome to the Triage Method Podcast, another Q&A episode here. So short and sweet, answering a specific question. And that question this week is, were I, basically, will I lose strength when dieting? This person was concerned. We're going to, you know, once they, they had been gone through this process of gaining all the strength, you know, gaining some muscle, they want to cut down a bit, you know, expose the muscle that they've gained, feel a bit leaner, feel a bit healthier, but they're concerned that they're going to lose their strength. So, Paddy, what's the story with this? We're going to get weak uh, legs if we diet. I'm going to have to say that's a hard no for me. A hard no. Yeah, yeah. so uh, losing strength while you diet, this is a common concern because it is touted a lot in the fitness industry. However, it's, it's actually not a concern for most people, or rather, it's not a concern for the level of leanness most people want to get to. Yes, if you are a physique competitor, whatever that entails for you, whether it's men's physique or bodybuilding or you know bikini, whatever, if you are getting them to those low, 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 low levels of body fat, you know it is definitely more of a concern for you. You know you are more likely to both have a reduction in energy availability. First of all, so you're going to lose out on some reps potentially um, and thus get a reduced stimulus. Um, but also you are getting solely in that, you know, muscle loss is potentially a bigger concern, you know? So if you are an individual and you are going from, I don't know, 18% down to 10%, I realistically wouldn't expect to see much, if any, muscle loss. However, what you will find and this is what throws off the majority of people, male, female, whoever, you know, um, you will have a change in your leverages. And what I mean by that is your lifts that you've been doing will seem different because your actual body surface area uh, is different, you know, and this can look like a number of things. Uh, most often you'll find people go, oh, my squat got worse when I was dieting and that's because they've been squatting in a style that they effectively use their their power gut their power belly uh, to kind of push out against the legs you know so they've been using that as a a frame work to you know perform that lift so as soon as they reduce that you know body fatness on in the trunk area they now don't have that uh, kind of proprioceptive feel of that gut on their 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 thighs you know so that is one thing and that might throw you off completely and therefore make you lose strength however it wasn't actually strength that you lost it was more so a uh, technique thing you know like your legs are still just as strong and everything is still just as strong you just don't have the thing that was allowing you to express that strength as much you know and um, so that that might be a concern that's also a very big concern on something like a bench press you know where you know you might have two or three inches of fat on your chest that isn't like that's surprisingly common and it doesn't look that visually you know like you're carrying a lot of excess fat on your chest you know um but you could have quite a lot of fat on your chest and that therefore reduces the range of motion in terms of how far down you have to bring that barbell you know um so if you lose that all of a sudden you just bring the barbell down further and therefore the lift becomes harder. You also have to consider that you also have fat on your back likely and that boat has the capacity to improve, uh, we'll call it scapular stability, if you want to call it like that. Um, but also then it's also, you're actually using it 
as a pad on your back when you're actually doing your bench press as well, you know? Um, so you'll lose all that stuff if you are getting leaner and therefore that might throw off your lift as a result. So in terms of what I'm saying, I'm going to say you don't lose actual strength. However, you may lose the ability to express the strength that you have because the lifts themselves change because your body changes, you know, but you didn't actually lose strength. However, that might actually translate as you losing weight on the bar, right? So you didn't actually get weaker, but your ability to perform the lifts the way you were performing them has now changed. And as a result, you need to learn to lift those movements again. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Like, I mean, on a very basic level, like 101 does be deficit lead to uh, strength loss. Like, in the absence of other stimuli like training, <laughs> physical training, um, sufficient protein intake, etc., yeah, the probability does increase for sure. So, like this, like starting off, like the the condition of being in an energy deficit is one contributor to you losing strength. However, that can be overpowered and neutralized by simply engaging in training. keep your protein high and manage the extent of the deficit and get enough sleep, etc. So yes, one of the contributors to strength loss could be a loss of muscle tissue, um, a loss of muscle proteins, but ideally that wouldn't be taking place provided you're consuming sufficient protein um, and you're actually continuing to train. So so like, yeah, you can go into the research and you can find specific papers that, that document losses in strength but generally going to find they meet one of two criteria one the people don't actually train it's just a general like um obese or overweight weight loss study and like that's kind of expected because one the people aren't training and two they're also lifting less weight now because they've regressively um underloaded because they're no longer um as heavy so they don't actually lift have to lift their body weight as as much so why would there be a need to make for them to maintain their strength um so that's one condition the other condition is as you alluded to, bodybuilders who are getting to very, very low body fat levels, they're disrupting their normal physiology. Um, they're getting to the point where their their overall energy intake is super low. And that, again, is an extreme physiological state. But generally, like when we prep people, like, until maybe the last like four to six weeks, depending on how long the diet is and stuff and different variables, like people can generally make some progress or at least maintain their strength. Like when I'm coaching someone to lose body fat, I don't change our training focus. The goal is continue making progress. And like for the vast majority of the fat loss clients that I work with and have worked with, they continue to hit personal bests and make progress because they're not like super like top tier advanced people who need every last 0.1%. Um, and they're also not dieting to extremely low levels of body fat. So my general rule of thumb for people will be to continue trying to gain strength, you know, as normal. Um, but as, as with anything else, the more, the closer you are to your absolute peak limit, the less likely that's going to be unless all conditions in favor of you, um, gaining strength are actually in place. Like, as you said as well, there are like mechanical changes. So there are differences in like your leverages in the relative mass of each proportion of your body and in terms of like actual contact between different joints. So the most common ones being, like you said, the, the contact between the kind of upper thigh region and the, your 
muck or your lower abdominal area, like those, those pieces, those areas of body fat coming into contact essentially act as a means of artificially increasing your strength if you're measuring, measuring it by weight on the bar. It doesn't mean that your force production, if tested in isolation on a, on a machine, or like your quadricep force output, that may not have changed. But the amount of weight that you can actually lift from the bar strength as opposed to a real um, drop in strength. The overall lower energy status can play into this too. Like if you've got lower energy availability, then your endurance within a bodybuilding style session, let's say, is going to be lower. So while your strength in a one rep max context may not be reduced, it may, but it may not, um, your high rep strength over multiple sets may be reduced a little bit more just because that's a bit more demanding of you having sufficient energy available to do those more prolonged tasks. Um, there may be some things related to like muscle volume that might change your capacity to, to produce force. Like for example, if you're really depleted and your muscles are feeling all stringy, again, this is more relevant to people at the end stage of like a competition diet. Um, then that, that might lead to an additional increase um, or decrease rather in strength uh, because you've got depleted uh, muscle glycogen and the water that's associated with that and your muscle is literally just smaller because it's shriveled up. Um, and then finally, like you've got the, the, the topic of, of motivation. Um, and I think that's an important one is that some people rely really, they really, really rely and feeling full in the gym and feeling um, full before they go to the gym and having a certain meal before their workout and any bit of hunger really throws them off. Like personally, I don't experience that that much. And I actually, well, it depends on the type of activity, but I actually kind of prefer training with like just a little tiny bit of hunger just because I like that feeling of like, right, I feel light. I feel like I'm ready to train like rather than being really full. Um, but I know other people really do rely on that feeling of, of being full. So like one of the, the simple strategies to kind of counter that, that we do use with a lot of our clients is like periodizing your nutrition in such a way that you have more calories in your meal before your workout, or you have more calories maybe on training days versus non-training days, because they could contribute to you being more motivated and than you otherwise would be. So they're kind of psychological considerations that you have to, to bring to the table as well. Um, but overall, I would say, you know, like you want to avoid that sort of nocebo effect or self-fulfilling prophecy. If you go into dieting thinking, oh, I'm going to get so weak, you know, you're going to be expecting that in every session. You're not going to be thinking, you're not going to be going in with that mindset of, right, I'm hitting a personal best today. Boom, like that's my goal. You're going to be going in saying, oh, let's, let's see how weak I am today. And like, that's, like that's good that's just shooting yourself in the foot so so yeah i would always be more hopeful about this stuff i would continue to adopt the exact same mindset as i would if i was in a surplus and i think that's how you're going to get the best outcomes in terms of muscle retention and or gain and strength loss and or gain when you are um, in a diet and hence that also then relates to the end body composition that you end up with yeah 100% and i really like you brought up that uh, like kind of self-fulfilling prophecy because that's realistically the in my mind, the thing that fucks most people up, they look at a diet and they go, yeah, I'm going to lose strength. And as a result, they lose strength because they essentially treat the way they train differently. Like as soon as something gets a bit hard, they're like, oh, diet's kicking in. So I'm just going to cut the rep there. I'm just going to stop that set, you know, because I'm not going to be able to get more. And they go into the, the mindset of a diet and kind of go, yeah, like I'm not going to build any muscle in this time frame. So I only need to kind of just keep training, ticking along. You know, so that really does mess people up. And also the fact that quite a lot of people effectively use 
uh, excess calories as their sole training progression. And what I mean by that is like they completely rely on having an excess of calories to fuel them getting stronger in the gym, which is naturally enough what you should do. You know, you want to, you need to eat more to grow, to build muscle, but they effectively use, uh, that's the only, that's their only method of progression. They're like, Oh yeah, I just force feed gains. I just keep adding more food and try to continue to up the weight. And that's their only method. There's no, um, training periodization. There's no ref scheme periodization. There's no progression method other than let's eat more calories and hopefully that leads to me being able to lift more weight in the gym, you know? And again, that works two ways. Obviously you have more energy, more recovery, you would hope. And then also if you are adding body fat, like again, a lot of lifts become easier to do because you're effectively doing reduced range of motion uh, because you have more body fat, you know? Um, so there's that. Um, and then as soon as those individuals go into a diet where they don't have this surplus of calories, all of a sudden they feel the most minuscule amount of uh, glycogen depletion, even though they have, I don't know, 20, 25% body fat. It's just where they're waiting to be used as an energy source. Um, they're like, oh no, man, I don't, training isn't going well at all. Like I didn't feel that sickening pump and I didn't feel like I could throw weights around and, you know, whatever. And it's like, and like your training is the, the issue. The way you've set training up is the issue. It's not the, the fact that you're dieting. It's the fact that, you know, you've always relied on this excess of calories to progress your training. And now that you don't have them, we're running into issues. So let's actually redesign your training. Maybe you use something like a reps in reserve or an RPE or something so that you can actually manage your training output so that you can actually sustain it throughout the, the dieting phase, you know? Um, but yeah, it's the same thing people use with steroids where they're just like, they effectively use the steroids to push training. And as soon as they're on a lower dose or they come off, it's like, all right, can't make gains. So I'm basically not going to go to the gym or I'm just going to do the bare minimum. And it's like, the, like it kind of defeats the purpose, you know? Um, but yeah, I, this is a quick, a simple answer, a simple podcast. Are you going to lose strength while dieting? If you're dieting down to that 10 to 12% body fat as a, a male, and that kind of will say 16 to 20% as a female, um, no, I don't see why you would. Um, if you're trying to go down very, very low, then yeah, you might, especially towards the end when energy is quite low and your, your overall body fat stores are quite low and there's a greater risk, assuming you're natural, um, of losing muscle, um, then yeah, that you you might. If you are using drugs or whatever, um, then I certainly don't see why you would ever lose strength um, unless you are doing something that is completely counter to good practices in general. Like, cause what a lot of people do is like, they try to diet on extremely low calories because they know they can retain all their muscle, you know? And, and do like 60 sets per body yeah. part exactly you know they just don't have good training practice and they're like oh i'm, I'm losing my strength and it's like if, like you are on that you don't have any of the adaptations that occur to a natural lifter that would facilitate strength loss like you already are supplementing with testosterone you're already supplementing with thyroid like all of these negative adaptations that a natural would get from dieting for long that would lead to like strength loss or whatever like you just don't get them you're effectively supplementing them away you know so it's, I, I don't see why you would. In fact, you're on everything that would prevent it, 
you know? So if you are losing strength and you're on all these drugs, then you probably need to reassess your training, nutrition, and overall uh, timeline. Like I-, I can understand why it would happen if you were literally on a thousand calories because you tried to diet from six weeks out um, rather than doing like a 20 week diet, which, you know, maybe a natural would do because they're not going to get shredded in six weeks. <laughs> um, so that's a potential something you need to take into account. Um, but again, if you are on all those drugs, there is literally, I would say, a zero reason aside from the fact that, you know, your, your body surface area, that kind of stuff is going to change. And of course you are going to still get probably to a leaner position than a natural trainee would get to. And energy availability is still going to be quite low and you're going to need to manage your fatigue that bit more. Um, which if you are doing the way most people train and never doing something like a reps and reserve an RPE or anything like that. And your sole method of progression with training is going in and effectively testing your strength where you just go, I'm going to try hit a new eight RM or a new 12 RM or whatever. And there's never any like uh, building we'll say it's always testing. Um, you're probably going to run into a bad time and strength loss when you diet, if that's the case. Sounds good to me, brother. I have nothing else to add. Uh, do you? Nothing else to add. Where can people find us? As always, you can find us in the Triage Method community on Facebook, where you can send your questions, send in posts, send in training videos, whatever you want to send us, however you want to engage with us. It would be great if you signed up to our newsletter. Triage Method newsletter goes out every Sunday, and that includes an exclusive article on a topic that we basically won't have posted about on our social media um, along with recommended resources and other content that we've posted across social media um, on that respective week and if you're done with that then what you could do is make sure you're following us on social media instagram facebook twitter youtube especially because there's content there that doesn't go elsewhere then if you're interested in our actual services we've got one-to-one online coaching group online coaching and we've got our program All right, Gary's frozen. Books. Gary's frozen, so I don't know. Uh, I'm just going to wrap it up sure, here it. and say uh, good night, enjoy, and see you next week.